Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The Long Game with Ellie and Leach. Welcome to this special episode of The Long Game with LZ and Leach from the Recount and ACAST. I'm the Rams fan, LZ Granderson. I'm the Bengals fan for now, Will Leach. LZ, <laughs> we just watched NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell's annual press conference, if that's what we want to call it. It was more anticipated than usual because of the Brian Flores lawsuit that was filed against the NFL just last week and the ongoing controversy surrounding the league's continued poor record of hiring minority head coaches. And Goodell certainly, theoretically, would have to answer for that today. But, LZ, the commissioner spoke for about 45 minutes, and I have to tell you, I cannot say that I feel that the NFL is on the dawn of a new era with dramatic change. (laughs) What is your reaction to the Goodell presser? I think, one, Roger Goodell has gotten a lot better at saying nothing with empathy. Uh, The facial expressions were all there. Yeah, The right tone was there. But you know he didn't say anything, right? Like, repeatedly saying we have to be better, we have to do better, there is no tangible way to quantify anything what he said in terms of what does better mean? What does better look like? Well, there were a number of reporters that certainly tried to get some sort of specifics out of him. Credit to him and his team for training him how to properly answer questions without answering them without looking as if he's blowing out the question or the premise of the question. It's a tricky thing. We've seen a lot of presidential candidates do it in debates as well, (laughs) when they have to answer questions about subject matters they really don't care about. And while I don't want to paint Roger Goodell as completely an an uncaring person, I think the thing that was most telling was when Jim Trotter asked him a question about the hiring within his own office, things he's more directly in control of, and the lack of diversity there. I think it was pretty obvious at that point, as he was trying to deflect yet again well, that diversity is not a core value. It's just something that you do to make sure that the media, like you, Will, stays off his back. When we look at the league office of the top 11 executives there, there are only two people of color. When we look at NFL Media Group, where I work, there is not one black person at the senior level in the newsroom um, who makes decisions about a league whose player population is 70% black. So as a member of the media group and as a black man, I ask, why does the NFL and its owners have such a difficult time at the highest levels hiring black people into decision-making positions? Um, If I had the answer right now, I would give it to you. I would have implemented. Uh, I think what we have to do is just continue and find and look and step back and say, we're not doing a good enough job here. 
we need to find better solutions and better outcomes. And so let's make it, let's find more effective policies. Let's make sure everyone understands. Let's make sure that uh, we're looking at diversity and actually incentivizing that for everybody in our building, including with compensation. So I actually thought that was one of the weaker answers. All the answers were weak, but that was the one where he seemed to be more awkward and perhaps taken a little on off guard, if just because Trotter is, of course, an NFL employee. And I think that was the one time where Goodell was unable to speak in platitudes because he was speaking specifically about something that he personally is supposed to be overseeing. I think that was one of the really smart things about the way Trotter kind of put the question to him. But overall, Goodell does one of these a year, right? He's never available otherwise. He never gives full ranging sit down one-on-one interviews. He basically has 45 minutes to run out the clock every year. That's what he does. And especially in a year like this year where there's so much heat on him, he deploys this rhetorical trick that I, I think was really effective for him, though I think speaks to the kind of emptiness that, that you kind of discussed. I think it's a great way to put it, to say that he's able to uh, say nothing with empathy. That's every PR professional's dream to have a guy that can do that. The whole NFL thing is we are in charge. We are the NFL. We are the shield. We take care of things. The things we do are correct. We are pushing in the right direction. We make money. We make the world better. Football is awesome. Look how great we are. We are all empowering NFL. Except when it comes to this thing that they're currently getting yelled at about right now. (laughs) And when it comes to diversity, then it's, oh, we made a mistake. We made a mistake. We're a constant search. It's a core value. It's a core virtue. We've got to do better. LZ, we've got to do better. I even did the Brooklyn hand, <laughs> hand movement. We've got to do better. And, and it's funny because like the NFL treats nothing else that way. It's not like there's any point where they were talking about, for example, Dan Snyder, which is another big part of the press conference, where he said, you know what? We made some mistakes with Snyder. We're doing the best we can. We're trying to correct them and move forward. And there was none of that. It was all legalese or yep. this, where we want people to be heard. Otherwise, the NFL's on it. And even the good stuff that they had, like the Germany, it's still under this umbrella that the NFL is this incredible organization that is altruistic and is constantly all-powerful and all-encompassing. Except for this one thing, which he happens to be getting yelled at right now. Obviously, they, this is not the way they see the world. If they saw the world in the in a way where everything was constantly about a process of being good and listening and trying to improve, it would be an entirely different company. It would make it like any other company in America. And that's the thing that he does. On the thing that he's currently getting yelled at about, justifiably, it's all, we're trying to do better, but nothing else and any other thing they believe is like that. And also so much it comes down to the owners. This has been a key thing. It's why a big part of the press conference was about the Broncos being up for sale and the obvious question, hey, is there going to be a minority owner at all in this league? Because that's the only way you're really going to be able to get changed. And I think Goodell does the same thing there as well. Because remember, he works for the owners. They're his bosses. They're the people he has to make happy. He'll claim to want to like keep the owners in line and try to make change. I'm going to try to get this going. But then when it comes to an act thing that an owner might have to change. He's like, yeah, you know, I mean, the owners, they're all individual contractors. You know, they only do so much. And My hands are tied. I, it, that is effective for 45 minutes a year. <laughs> and right. in no other context would that possibly be effective because there's a billion follow-up questions I have after that. But because all he has to do with this is just make it through he made it through. And next year, there's a very almost poignant moment where he was asked, listen, it feels like we just had this conversation last year about diversity and hiring coaches. He's like, yep, I know. And you know what? It's going to be the same freaking conversation next year. <laughs> and he'll be like, yeah, I know. And it's Groundhog Day in, in perpetuity. I think for me, the most insulting part, and there were a lot of insulting parts. The most insulting part was this idea that 
racism or any form of discrimination won't be tolerated. When the Washington football team literally was just being called a racist slur up until like the last season. <laughs> yeah. And when he was asked about those questions, he once again was like, well, it's an individual owner. We can only suggest blah, 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 blah. You can't have it both ways. You don't get to say racism won't be tolerated anywhere in the NFL. And then when you're being asked about a racist slur, saying, well, that's nothing the NFL can do. It's all about an individual owner. Or to respond to a lawsuit by saying this thing is without merit. Right. Immediately. Like, Immediately. With, while yeah. you've also said in the same press conference, you've tweaked the Rooney rule multiple times since its inception. Right. Why right. are you tweaking this rule if it's without merit? If the right. premise of racism in hiring is without merit? It was a study in contradiction, but because he's able to do it with that face, and he has a really good I'm hurting face. It's very Clintonian. It's it very is legitimately <laughs> very Bill Clinton. He has not always had that face. That's something that he's clearly gotten good at. I have to give him respect for because he's gotten really good at that face here. You're, you're exactly right. And saying nothing with empathy, he's got it cold. He's got it cold. And it's, it's good for jokes. You and I have been doing interviews all day on Radio Row. We've made a lot of jokes about this, and we make a lot of jokes here at the long game. But then you realize this isn't a joke. Okay. And that this is a multi-billion dollar corporation that from a variety of different perspectives gets a lot of coverage from media, gets a lot of favors from state and local governments in terms of tax breaks, and to some degree makes me wonder if there's an element of the antitrust laws being violated because of the hiring practices. I don't know if this conversation is being had as we discuss this lawsuit or not. I'm not privy to that. But certainly it feels as if there's an okie doke that's happening that has cover. And this isn't simply just about fairness. This is also about what are we supposed to be doing here in this country anyway? What is this great American experiment? Because right now, it just seems like a different variation of what this league was prior to the Rooney Rule. And if the goal is to become better and the Rooney Rule isn't doing it despite all the tweaks, then you need to have a real press conference when you talk about the real interpersonal dynamic that's preventing us from being better. Because that's ultimately what it is. It's about the hearts and minds of ownerships as well as the presidents that are doing these interviews and hiring. Goodell can say all he wants and, and dissemble and try to get through questions, get through his 45 minutes. It comes down to that there's 32 people who are in charge of these organizations. They're billionaires. They're unaccountable. And they live in an entirely different universe than not just the players in their league, but the rest of us all together. Right. I certainly do not have empathy for, for Goodell. <laughs> but at a certain level, what can he do? That rhetorical trick that he does is so effective because the thing that Goodell has gotten better at is he's gotten better at looking like the guy that's in charge. But he's not the guy in charge. Right. The 32 owners are in charge and they will tug on his leash anytime they need him to do anything. And he's going to defend them because they're his boss. And that just gets lost so much. People have this idea that commissioners of sports are these independent arbiters who only care about the spirit of the game or care about trying to make sure the NFL as a pastime is protected. They care about making those 32 people as much money as possible. 
it's frustrating to to see a press conference like that because particularly because he's gotten so much better at it. There was a time where he'd get red faced and he'd get bluster. And I think after Rachel Nichols, I think yeah. the Rachel Nichols domestic violence presser. Yeah. Once he what was that like ten years ago? Once yeah, he I think it was of, the New York one. I think it was say a fourteen, fourteen. Yeah. Once that went viral, he was like, "I've got to get better at this." He's gotten good at this. I, I have to give him respect for that, but it feels like that's what these press conferences are going to be from now on, right? We spent all day and really all week being like, okay, here comes Goodell. He's going to have to answer for this and this and this. And he totally doesn't. Right. <laughs> like, he totally doesn't. He doesn't have to answer to it because he only has to answer to 32 people. What's the old John Oliver joke that whenever he'd, he'd talk about Trump, they'd be like, aha, we got him. And he'd push a button and a banner would come down. <laughs> You're never getting Goodell. There's no Goodell to get. Right. He, he's an empty suit that works for 32 uh, billionaires. And he's gotten a lot better at, at that job uh, in the last two or three years. I know that most of the conversation has been about the racism issues with the league and justifiably so. But there were some other tidbits of information mm -hmm. about the league that I thought were interesting. One, of course, being the game in Germany, another attempt to try to grow the audience globally. Not quite sure if dropping into Munich is going to inspire the global change they want, but they are <laughs> desperately trying to grow the sport in that way. Do you think that the NFL's race problems are going to hinder its ability to grow the sport locally? Or is it going to be more like what we see with the larger football, which is the race problems are just a part of its culture and it's kind of addressed on an individual basis? Yeah, certainly. Soccer is not immune from this to any stretch of the imagination, right? The Germany thing, those games do not strike me as incredibly successful. If anything, they're a way to give Yahoo something to stream at nine in the morning, right? Or like, like honestly, it feels less like an expansion and more another time slot. <laughs> another way to sell. Netflix is eventually going to get in on one of these. I don't know the time difference between Germany and England, but it's a little. Sure. And I would imagine like that, that there's another time frame. Right. Those things always feel like the theater of expansion without actually being expansion. I think Mexico City is more interesting. That was another part of the press yeah. conference. They were going to have a game la there last year. Clearly, you kind of imply they're going to have one next year. That's interesting. That feels more of a logical fit than trying to go to Germany and England. Mm -hmm. Like, listen, what's every corporation supposed to do? Grow, 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 grow. That's the whole point right. of a corporation is to get it bigger and bigger and bigger. I don't know if we've reached peak NFL yet in, in the United States, but it feels like we've got to be kind of close. <laughs> so like at a certain yeah, level, you kind of have to build to that. I don't know because the playoff numbers have been through the roof. There's been a dramatic increase. The other sports have lost some of this mm -hmm. audience, and I think they're finding their homes with the NFL. And then when you have a team like the Rams, for instance, that has been able to find success in a new location and thus perhaps ideally getting new eyeballs, I don't know if the NFL has turned every stone over in terms of how else it can grow its audience. Can you grow your audience through another expansion? Yeah. Can you grow your audience through maybe not an expansion, but a relocation? You know, so a city that may be struggling a little bit with this franchise, you put it somewhere else where the fan base is passionate and that the front office is more competent. Does that increase audience? So I think there's still some room to play with. I just think that when it comes to the commissioner and this particular conversation of race, there are nations that take it a lot more seriously than we do. 
<laughs> and Germany happens to be one of those, mm -hmm. those nations. We don't need to revisit everything that World War II represented, but I can tell you, having been there a number of times, they take that conversation a lot more seriously than what we take the conversation of racism. And so I am curious as to whether or not they're going to tolerate the wishy-washy manner in which the NFL does handle race because of how serious they take these conversations in Germany. That's a really interesting point. I want to, really want to talk about actually on a future podcast. That's a really interesting kind of thing. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this one. Eldon, this has been, <laughs> I, I've had so much fun doing this with you this week. We're going to wrap it up here. Thank you, everyone, for listening to The Long Game with LZ and Leach. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on the ACAST app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Long Game is produced by Pierre Bienname, Megan Burney, Roz Guevara, and Marshall Eisen. Our engineer is Aaliyah Jackson. Music is by Gloria Tells. Sound design is by David Wilson. And we're going to be back so soon. Literally, you will not even have time to have finished this podcast before we bring you more podcast stuff. You're welcome, America and surrounding municipalities. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.